In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And today we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit cliche, but we're going to look at it from a different angle. We're going to be talking about the secret to success, or you could say the secret of success. I promise you, it's not what you're thinking, though. I know we've heard it before and you think that maybe it's already been exhausted, but just stay tuned. We're going to unpack that a little bit further. But first, let me hit you with these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said. But of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guest have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us. Unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, so uh, what had happened was, you know, I always got to give you the backstory and tell you the inspiration behind the episode. So this particular episode uh, is inspired by a conversation I had with a great uh, friend of mine who, like me, is in a season of transition. I really think we're all in a season of transition, trying to just retool and redefine our callings, um, try to bring some things into greater alignment. Well, I mean, everybody's always adjusting, right? I think we should be if we're not, uh, but particularly as you know, tech, with the advent of technology, we got to make some adjustments and um, some things are phasing out. Some things are being brought more into fruition and things like that. And we just got to make sure we're changing with the times. But anyway, without fail, every time, every phone conversation or every time I link up with my friend, my guy uh, with the strongest conviction and sincerity that you can imagine, he exclaims and purports his undying love for his wife and his two kids. And, and he continues to go on every time without fail to say that all he wants is to uh, provide a comfortable lifestyle for his for his family where they can live without financial restrictions on their time, their location and their experiences. Now, mind you, that may sound like somebody who's not doing well. Trust me, the brother is doing well. Um, you know, he, he he's not hurting, but I guess that goes to show that well and success is relative, you know. He has a certain place in mind and a certain type of lifestyle that he'd like to provide. And that thing stays at the forefront of his mind. Now, listen, because I've, I've learned the truth that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, I believe my guy. Plus, I know from observations just how much he, ador he adores his family. And so while we usually converse and consort, you know, with each other about uh, a plethora of things, we always, uh, always, without exception, talk about investments, whether it be real estate investments, crypto, um, 
options, you know, just talking about, you know, what's going on with our portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, lately, it's been a lot about crypto. He's always talking about crypto every time we talk. I think I was the one that kind of turned him onto it. And this brother took it and ran with it. And he's scooping up more crypto more frequently than I've even brought myself to think about crypto. But one day while I was talking to him, um, I realized that as I was as I was talking to him, I was actually talking to myself as well. You know how that happens. You're giving advice to somebody else that's really advice that's also fitting for you. And so uh, as I was sharing my epiphany in response to what he was saying, it was really good game for me, too. And so he was talking and I could hear him reaching for the next thing, you know, uh, the thing that would be the means to the end. Right. The thing that would help him manifest the vision that he had imagined and intended and continued to rehearse in his mind and to me in conversation for his family. Now, normally I would applaud this type of thinking. I get it. Yo, you know, you, you almost got to be obsessed with, um, with the thing that you're trying to bring to pass. I get it. I get it. Normally I would applaud it, but on this particular day, it gave me pause. You know what I mean? I saw him, I saw in him what I often hear and see in myself and others as well. And that's this thing called destination addiction, right? It's couched in language that implies I will be happy when, when this happens, when they do this, or when this situation turns around, that's when I'll be happy, right? So we relegate our happiness to a certain thing happening, you know, and I just think that's, uh, that can be dangerous. You know, we got to recognize that it's not at all benign to, to attach our happiness to an outcome or to the future. And, and, and try to be more conscious and kind to ourselves than to postpone our happiness or our hope. Now, trust me, I know a thing or two about postponement and, and deferment and how deleterious the impact can be, how we can literally adversely affect our psyche and our souls. You know, uh, there's a scripture that comes to mind that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And you know this to be true, even if you don't even fool with the scriptures like that. Think about how many calloused and bitter people you may know. I mean, not you, right? But people you know, right? Think about that. How do you think they got that way? How do you think these people got to be so cynical and have hardness of heart and uh, become so slow to believe and, and always expecting the worst? You got to ask them why. How did, why are they like that? Their hope has been deferred. Things that they kept expecting to happen they have been disappointed after disappointment after disappointment and disappointment means they feel like they've missed something that should have been appointed to them and they just cannot bring themselves to muster up the belief that something is going to get better or that humanity people are going to get better or that things are going to get uh, better for them and once that happens enough it just have, has a way of diminishing a person's willingness to go through all that again I mean they've literally been traumatized my hope deferred. And so I want to dig into this a little deeper. And I also want to share what I share with my friend as an alternative, you know, and I, I just want to make sure you guys hear what, hear my heart and hear what I'm saying. I'm not coming from a place of superiority, you know, like I had the answers and my friend had none or he was a problem. And I was, you know, I was only coming from a solution space because as you know, as I was a conduit of this truth, being shared with my friend, I was simultaneously catching the insight. Just like a water hose, you may be, you know, a water hose may carry the water, but it's also getting hydrated at the same time, catching the game that it needs as well. So um, that's the place that I'm coming from. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening 
or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash fredtalks. Remember, talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks at mail.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. So I want to talk about an alternative to uh, this notion of uh, destination addiction. Um, so let me, I guess let me first further unpack the problem with destination addiction, and then we will get to this alternative uh, or this solution to it, I guess, or this alternate way of looking at where you are and where you want to be. So the topic has already been explored by brilliant minds. So I won't get in here and act like I'm about to reinvent the wheel or posit something that hasn't, that is completely original. In fact, let me tell you what I read by Gatewell Therapy Center's post from back in 2000 of 2018. Dr. Robert Holden, um, he, uh, he talks about destination addiction, right? And he says, people who suffer from destination addiction believe that success is a destination. They are addicted to the idea that the future is where success is, happiness is, and heaven is. Each passing moment is merely a ticket to get to the future. They live in the not now. They're psychologically absent and they disregard everything they have. Destination addiction is a preoccupation with the idea that happiness is somewhere else. We suffer literally from the pursuit of happiness. We're always on the run, on the move, and on the go. Our goal is not to enjoy the day, it's to get through the day. We have always to get to somewhere else first before we can relax and before we can savor the moment. But we never get there. There's no point of arrival. We're permanently dissatisfied. And then there's there's another um, place where in a TED talk, Dr. Holden shares that uh, until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else, you'll never really be happy where you are. Let me say that again because it bears repeating. Until you, me, we, until we give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else. We will never be happy where we are. Holden goes on to talk about that those struggling with destination addiction are constantly striving, but never arriving. They might struggle with anxiety, depression, or feelings of disillusionment. And so I'm definitely not trying to minimize um, how real uh, anxiety, depression, or feelings of disillusionment is. And so let me just say this, carefully. Um, I think maybe the cure in some cases, in some cases, or maybe at least a supplement 
to bouts with anxiety, depression, or feelings of disillusionment might simply be learning and practicing and championing contentment. Learning to be content with what you have, because if you don't fully own, or if you're not grateful for what you have, it can be taken easily because you won't have proper uh, maintenance or stewardship over it, right? Um, you know, I'll, I'll often say that um, gratitude keeps the light lights on. And what I mean by that is, when you're when you have a grateful disposition, you're kind of like uh, you're upbeat enough, and your outlook is so bright that the lights are on, and you can see solutions to other problems that would otherwise impede your progress. But because you're gratitude grateful and you have the momentum of gratitude behind you, you can easily bulldoze through problems where otherwise it might slow you down, or you can quickly identify solutions that would otherwise be obscured by a cloud that complaining, murmuring, discontentment brings around you. Now, please hear what I'm not saying. When I say be content, I am not saying be complacent. I think a lot of times people cringe when you say, when you talk about contentment, you know, it's about, I'm never satisfied. Imagine if we applied that to eating. <laughs> I'm never satisfied with my meal. Lord, you'd be forever eating, right? You can be content while still having ambition, while still having goals, uh, while still having drive, all those different things, while still having another, another place that you intend to be at a different time, I can still appreciate where I am now. So I think there's something to be said about being content, appreciating this moment that you'll never get back. You know, I think about how it's going to be when my kids get older and as they get older that we can have different conversations, we can have different experiences, but I don't want that to rob me of savoring the moment of their childhood right now. Right. And, and, and all that today has to offer and this season with my family has to offer. So here's the conclusion I reached. Um, you know, my friend's idea of success was being able to come and go as he pleased with his family and to just be able to have the luxury of time and resources to enjoy his family. Right. So dext destination addiction. Uh, I'm saying that I, I am I am um, I'm diagnosing him pseudo diagnosing him with that. And if it doesn't apply to him, it definitely had applied to me. OK, but let's just say for sake of argument that what he was dealing with is what I and so many other people was dealing with uh, was destination addiction. And that being at work blinded him to the fulfillment that he could have enjoyed or more or enjoyed more fully. He may have already been enjoying a measure of it, but not as not to its fullest extent. Right. Um, by just simply acknowledging that he already experiences what he calls success. Again, his definition or idea of success was being able to come and go as he pleased with his family and just to be able to have the luxury of time and resources to enjoy his family. Now, to some degree, he's already doing that. He's just not doing it at the scale that he envisions himself doing it. So how much better is it to give ourselves credit and to be content for where we are already are? Like, you know, what do you think this does to, to his psyche to say, I'm already successful? I already enjoy vacations with my family. We already dine out. We already have recreational activities that we chose, uh, chose and paid for. You know, I already experienced longevity and fidelity in my marriage of X amount of years. You know what I mean? You know, so what he was defining as a success was already his reality, but because it didn't appear to be spectacular, <laughs> you know, 
it was easy for him to overlook. And again, I'm not pointing the finger at him because if I do that, there's four more pointing back at me. And I'm telling y'all, you know, I fall into this trap um, pretty often. So I'm, as I'm talking to him and sharing with y'all, I'm also talking about something that, you know, I think many people are prone to. So, you know, how many things are we taking for granted because it doesn't come with the flashes and lights, right? So the alternative that I suggested is that he acknowledged that he's already successful. He already has the what. But while, you know, we continue to talk about investments, business ventures and callings, we're simply trying to crystallize the how, how to materialize more of what we already have and what we're already grateful for and already content with. OK, uh, we already have success, but how can we acquire the resources to just magnify it or to secure it? Be you know, and before we get you know, that part of the equation, though, we owe it to ourselves to acknowledge that we do have some of it. In fact, truth be told and truth should be told, we have a lot of it. <laughs> we just don't even have we just don't have all of it yet. And that's the that's the only part that we got to reckon with. Right. So it's important that we do this. Otherwise, we'll faint in our well-doing and we will abort the harvest, if you will, uh, of all of our seeds of labor that we're sowing. And so let me just let me just wrap it up with this. You know, I just want to share that this has helped me. Ultimately, success for me involves being a loving husband and father, doing the best I can in the roles that I have, you know, and having crystallized that helps me to rightly prioritize everything else I do. So when I go to work, I'm clear on my why, acquiring resources to contribute towards my existing and imminent success. And then that makes me less inclined to multitask or to be tethered to my phone when I'm with my family, because my family is where my success is. Everything else has to pale in comparison. It comes, you know, it's a distant sex second as it relates to my definition of success. This is what I envision. This is what I dreamed of. This is what I sacrificed and currently sacrificed for. So why would I allow anything to interfere with it even on this level? Yeah, right. I'm not going to wait to enforce those type of boundaries when it blow up, blows up on this level. I'm going to exercise the same amount of gratitude I would have, you know, in a different um more fuller, more mature expression of what I already have. Because if we don't think we have it, we will lose the very success that we fail to acknowledge. So I got to say, hey, I'm already successful. I already got it. And and then we will protect what we what we take inventory of having. But if you don't think you got it, you're not, not going to protect nothing. You don't think anything's there. Anything is there. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.